Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to this episode of Kennedy Saves the World, and today we have to save young athletes' hearts. After what happened to Damar Hamlin, I think a lot of parents were already hesitant enough about their kids playing football. But after seeing what happened, we we still don't know exactly what happened. Um, That's why it is time to employ an educated guest from someone who actually knows what he's doing. And he works with young athletes. He is the chair of pediatric cardiology at St. Francis on Long Island in lovely Roslyn, New York. Dr. Sean Levchuk, welcome to Kennedy Saves the World. Thanks. Good to be here. What happened with Damar Hamlin? Uh, I think the jury's still out. I mean, the overwhelming evidence or the overwhelming uh, impression is that this is something called commotio cordis, where the area of the heart takes a shot to the ch- a person takes a shot to the chest in the area of the heart at just the right time of vulnerability in the electrical cardiac cycle, and the heart goes into an arrhythmia. That's what we think. I mean, obviously, we're not um made aware of all the lab tests or anything else obviously they haven't released much on pre-existing conditions or anything like that but you know the the workup is going to be very long uh they're very smart and intelligent people that are going to take their time and go through everything by the numbers so you know we can get a firm diagnosis uh and a lot that way we would yeah and and inform other people and other athletes and other doctors uh to make sure this doesn't happen um, to healthy 100%. young people. So when people normally suffer uh, this sort of event, are they in intensive care and in critical condition as long as Damar Hamlin was? A hundred percent. You know, the, it, it, the longer you're down, the longer the um, period of resuscitation, the longer you're going to spend time, uh, you know, in an ICU setting. And plus in Damar's, case obviously nobody knows what his pre-existing history is he's not with his home team he's in an, a you know different city and uh you know you don't have his medical record necessarily right handy they did everything the way they're supposed to do keep him in there as long as possible make sure you have everything you don't want the guy walking out the door and heading back to buffalo and then on the plane he's got another disaster and now everybody looks silly so it, it's a matter of making sure that You've got everything, the testing that you need to do in the short term, the stability uh, of the patient in the short term. And then now that he's uh, back in Buffalo and clinically doing well, now you start to play detective. Now it's the, you know, the time to really start reading between the lines and trying to make sure that you have uh, you've covered everything that this could potentially be before you arrive at the diagnosis that people are talking about. And for other athletes who have what you are talking about, what you presume this might be, 
do they return to their respective sports? Yeah, yes, most often they do. Uh, we've had several. Uh, one particular young man that I took care of uh, ended up going back and playing uh, goalie at uh, college lacrosse, uh, you know, at a, a very prestigious uh, small college in uh, New York. And, uh, you know, he was he had the event in high school. But, uh, you know, once you've determined there's no underlying issue and everything else is good, that this was a, a fluke shot at the right time. Uh, you know, he was able to go back and ended up having a rewarding career uh, as a collegiate lacrosse uh, goalie. So there are people who've been speculating on Twitter um, that this may have been a vaccine injury. Is there any correlation between um, myocarditis? Is, if, am I saying that right? Yes. You're goddamn right I am. And uh, commotio cordis. Uh, none that's been, uh, you know, there's depth. Well, We'll, we'll divide it in, in, in this question into a couple of parts. The vaccine issue, we know that there's been some reported cases of post-vaccine myocarditis. Uh, we know that commotio cordis is not, you know, if you have commotio cordis, then you, have an un, then you don't have an underlying condition. So in other words, did myocarditis cause the problem or did commotio cordis cause the problem? So, you know, you've got a lot of balls in play. I think they would have to take everything completely off the table and strip everything down uh, before they can try and even make a link between, you know, uh, a COVID vaccine and this. This is that's a big reach, especially since nobody really knows what his lab tests were or anything like that. Why is it such a big reach? Because. You know, those types of diagnoses. Are you are you are you afraid to say that? Because if you said, yeah, you know, it's totally possible that he could have injured his heart a little bit if he was boosted a bunch of times. Are you worried well, that, that there would be backlash and you would be run out of your profession? <laughs> no, not necessarily. I'm I'm old. I'm 60. You know, if I'm gone, if they run me out, it's not a big deal. I'm, you know, they, if, you, if you're 40, you don't want to get run out. But it's really not that. I don't think there's enough hardware uh, to prove that. I think. You know, when we look at the differential diagnosis of uh, of near sudden cardiac death, you know, that vaccine related myocarditis is pretty down on the list. You, there there should be other things that you would have to have to support that rather than just someone taking a shoulder to the chest in a football game. And his lab work, his EKG issues, you know, things like that generally would help you. I'm not saying that that wasn't the case. I'm not saying it was the case, but there are there, there's a lot of things to cover. That's a zebra as opposed to a horse. So, you know, the old saying in medicine, when you hear hooves think horses, not zebras, I think we're, we have to, there's a lot of things that would be on my differential as someone that treats young people with heart issues. In this situation, I'd be working through numbers one through 100 before I got to 101. Uh, and again, not to say that that won't be the case, but until we have all, until somebody releases his data or anything like that, you know, it's a lot of speculation. All right, we got more of this interview after this. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. So why are, I mean, if if you look at different sports and obviously when something like this happens, 
um, and journalists go looking for other stories that that might be similar and things start to come up lacrosse players hockey players soccer players christian erickson um you know he he dropped of cardiac arrest and you know he played in the world cup um is is there something about high level exercise that puts athletes at risk and should every athlete have a cardiac screening even if they're a teenager well, I'll answer, you know, both of that, uh, all of that kind of in a couple of different uh, steps. I think in terms of high intensity, that high intensity and commotion quarters are kind of unrelated. If you have an underlying cardiac issue, high intensity at, at activity at any level puts you at risk. So the question is, is did he have something acquired or did he have something congenital? Did he have a, an underlying congenital issue? Um, did he have an acquired issue? Did he get a recent viral myocarditis? Did he have a history of rheumatic fever as a kid? We don't know any of that. But so high intensity uh, athletics always is a greater risk than if you sat on the couch and, you know, inflict the remote and, you know, watched, you know, reruns of police shows. But so I think in terms of that, yes, in terms of the commotio cortis thing, it's usually a high velocity projectile that hits you in the right spot at the right time. Lacrosse is typically the one we associate with it. The lacrosse ball weighs about five to six ounces. Uh, you know, a, a, a recreational lacrosse player can sling a lacrosse ball 70 to 80 miles an hour. You know, at a youth level, uh, a collegiate lacrosse ball can travel 110 miles an hour. Sheesh. And very very few and very few people roll a lacrosse ball so it's it, you know in hockey a lot of shots are low and on the ice you take out a foot you take out you know you hit a knee you hit an ankle as a former college hockey player the worst thing you want to do is shoot up near anybody's chest so you know those are that but lacrosse the goal is to get that ball pretty elevated because you want to beat the goaltender because the, the easiest part to hit in the net of a lacrosse goalie is the top corners um, so that's why lacrosse tends to be the one you get it. Obviously, soccer, you know, you have a professional soccer player or a professional level, an elite soccer player, they can kick a ball pretty hard. So, you know, though that and commotio cordis generally tend to be all related. With respect to screenings, which was the third question, I think as a as a parent of a col a former college athlete, you know, I made my son have a, a screening you know I, I did an echo an ekg because i understood going in what the demands of that an ncaa coach was going to place upon him it's not like high school where you know it's fun and competitive you know it's college and college coaches want to win because they want to get better jobs and this is their livelihood so they're going to push these athletes to the brink of what they can that's that's what it is that's what they sign up for so as a parent, I was like, hey, you know, we're getting an EKG and an echocardiogram and we're going at this. I think for any parent, I don't think it's unreasonable to know. And, you know, it, there's no guarantees even with that, that they're not going to develop something or acquire something. But I think as a baseline, you know, the whole crux of the program I run at St. Francis is that it's free. So we'll just bring your kid down and we'll take care of it. What is the craziest pro bono procedure you've ever done? Uh, in July of this past year, I ha I flew a child out from the Ukraine to St. Francis Hospital and closed a hole in her heart because the ch the hospitals in the Ukraine couldn't uh, 
didn't didn't have a, a reliable enough power grid. There's wonderful doctors over there and tremendously skilled physicians, um, but the power grid was so off, you know, off kilter from all the you know the stuff that was going on that they had this child uh, Paulina with a uh, hole in her heart that they were scheduled for surgery. And they're like, you know, she's really starting to struggle. Is there any way you can help? And I said, yeah, you know, we'll figure it out. And how did you how did you fly her out? Commercial? <laughs> uh, we had a friend of a friend. You know, it's like one of those things, you know, the good old days, you know, hey, do you do this? I have a rule in my life. I never ask for a favor for myself. I always ask somebody else. So we got a uh, I, we have a, an organization we work with called the Gift of Life that had a connection at the consulate in Poland that was able to get the child out of the Ukraine into Poland. Once we got the child here, it was just a matter of those. The Rotary Club raised the money for the transportation. And then it was just myself and St. Francis just saying, hey, you know what? You know, I, I'm independent. I don't work for the hospital. So I said, I'll donate my end. You donate your end. And together we'll uh, we'll kind of have a little fun. It was the first time I think we've ever smuggled a child out of a out of an area where there was a military conflict. Usually the pro bono cases we do are from politically stable countries that, you know, not ones that are getting shelled. And how is Paulina today? Uh, she's amazing. You know, I get texts uh, from her mother. Uh, obviously, they live in the fear every day. Uh, they're in kind of a safer part of the Ukraine. But uh, she recently did say that the city was starting to, you know, get some get some more action. And, you know, they, they had to relocate out of out of where the fighting is. But, uh, you know, listen, as I said, you know, when it was done, going on, you know, no nine-year-old child should have to witness this. I mean, to be taken from her home, to have her, you know, stuff blown up and everything. And you talk, we talk time and time about this is never going to happen again. You know, I've watched, we've watched, I'm, I'm, I'm old enough that I remember, you know, enough about previous conflicts. Never again, never again. Well, guess what? It's again. And, you know, and it's, it's just, it's horrible to witness. And she, there's such sweet, such a sweet kid. I mean, all the kids we bring over. These kids, I mean, I've been doing 15 to 20 of these free cases a year for the last 25 years or so. It's just uh, they're all great kids. And this one is just so sad because, you know, when you're ninth grade, you should be looking forward to school and life, not, you know, worrying about whether your father's going to come back because he's, you know, trying to beat back an invader into his homeland. Oh, mercy. Well, uh, good for you for all that pro bono work that you do. Uh, you truly are making the world a better place. Dr. Levchuk, thank you for being a part of the podcast. Thanks a lot. Enjoyed it. You know, love, love to talk uh, cardiology, sports, a little everything, you know. Well, you know, we, we can mix it up. Amen. And uh, <laughs> it, that's that's what you do. And I'm, I'm very proud to talk to you. This has been Kennedy Saves the World. I'm Kennedy. For more podcasts from my friends at Fox, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Oh, go ahead and leave me a review while you're there. I'd love to hear what you have to say. You've been listening to Kennedy Saves the World on the Fox News Podcast Network. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com.